Welcome to the Get Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Liz McGavro, and I'm obsessed with all things writing, creativity, and telling your stories in your authentic voice, because I believe a good story can change the world. Ever since I was a little girl with my nose in a book, I dreamed of being an author. I wanted to see my books in bookstores everywhere. I wanted to talk about books. I wanted to soak up everything about the craft. My celebrity crushes were mostly authors, and I could feel in my bones that the writer's life was my destiny. Fast forward to today. Along with my alter ego, Kate Conti, I'm an Agatha Award-nominated best-selling author with three mystery series, but it wasn't all smooth sailing along the way. I experienced many setbacks, crushing self-doubt, a lot of career detours, and I even lost my voice a few times when I let the world get in my way. Until I learned that writing was so much more than just a skill set you learned and developed over time. It's also an inside job that flourishes when you heal all the wounds that are stifling your creativity, which is no easy task. So if you're a writer of any kind, or if you've always wanted to write but aren't sure where to start, this is the place for you, my friend. We're going to talk about all things writing process, craft, strategies to help you get writing and stay writing, the daunting world of agents, editors, and publishing. And because I'm using my authentic voice, I'm going to throw in a little woo-woo for you too. So let's get writing, shall we? host Liz McGavro, and I'm so glad you came back because I have a special episode for you this week. You may have heard me talk about National Novel Writing Month. I did an episode on it leading up to the challenge. NaNo is a writing challenge in the month of November where you commit to writing 50k words during the month, so basically a first draft of your novel. I've been doing NaNo in some form or another for a number of years, and this year I took my Creativity Lab members through it many of them for the first time. And one of the things that we talked about as we were prepping was making NaNo work for you, creating the right goal for yourself and your writing life at this point in time, because it might not always be reaching 50,000 words. It might be editing a book that's already done that you really want to finish. It might be part editing, part writing. It might be brainstorming a new book or series. So Really, it was helping them figure out what made the most sense for them at this point in their writing careers and their writing lives, and then celebrating the progress, right, that they made, that that you make, whatever your goal is. So today I've got two of my members on the show. Both are at different stages of their careers. One of them has actually been on this podcast before. So Dave Singleton is a seasoned memoirist and author who wanted to try his hand at a fiction project during NaNo. And the other, Jill Jaramillo, is writing her first mystery novel. So both of them approach NaNo with different ideas of success in mind. And today they're here sharing their experiences. So I'm really excited for you to hear their takes and celebrate their success with them. It was so much fun to talk to them together and get their different perspectives. And I hope you love our conversation and take something away from it for your own writing goals. So let's jump in. Welcome to the podcast, Dave and Jill. I'm so happy to have you both here. 
Hi, Hi. it's so great to be here. (laughs) This is going to be fun. So before we get into questions and conversation, can you just uh, share a little bit of who you are and why, how you ended up here? So my name is Jillian Jaramillo. Um, I am currently in school receiving my Master's of Fine Arts in Creative Writing. Um, I am part of the Creativity Lab membership. Um, I love theater. I went to school. I got my my bachelor's in theater, um, and I love it. I love to sing and act, um, and I'm married with two amazing dogs, and I'm working on my first mystery novel. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> and we'll talk about that, too. Dave? <laughs> Uh, I'm Dave Singleton, and I am a writer and editor. I work in communications as well. That's how I met my friend Liz. (laughs) Um, And we have um, become just great pals, and I'm really happy to be here. I'm the author of three books, nonfiction, um, many, many, many articles on a variety of topics like uh, health and pop culture and LGBTQ issues. And I am so excited to be here because uh, doing NaNoWriMo was my first foray into fiction. That's so awesome. Yeah. So awesome. And I love that you're both here because, you know, I think you're both coming from such different experiences and different points in your writing careers. But and yet, you know, you were able to kind of have um, a similar experience of doing NaNo for the first time together. So, um So I'd love to talk about, you know, how you decided to do it, what your expectations, fears, you know, what, what was going through your mind when you decided to make that commitment date? We can start with you, Dave. Oh my gosh. Well, (laughs) what was going through my mind was after 25 years of writing nonfiction and working pretty steadily in it. Uh, writing nonfiction, writing creative nonfiction, writing memoir, teaching those topics. Those are all focused on the truth and telling real stories about real people. And the whole point is to tell the truth. So I got to a point where I didn't really have anything I wanted to write about from a memoir standpoint. And I was looking forward to a new challenge. And part of it is a friend of mine who is a really great writer, somebody I work with on Quick Plug, my literary journal called Scoundrel Time. Um, She has been transitioning from writing fiction to writing nonfiction. And that happened at the same time that I started contemplating going the other way. Mm. And part of what really intrigued me was the the challenge and the ability to tell the truth and to tell stories without the constraints of nonfiction, without having to stick to the exact story as it happened, to tell real stories about real things, but to have the ability to, you know, tell them through other voices, other situations. So that was really the driver for me. And then you guys came along and I was excited to sort of pile on because I knew you were going to do it. And I thought, yeah, now's the time. Let's dive in. And really, there is nothing like a deadline. I taught for five years and I used to always say to my students at the start of the classes that, you know, you can come here for 
community. You can come here to learn the tenets of nonfiction writing or the tenets of memoir. You can come here for all of that. But really, a lot of why everybody comes to these classes is for deadlines. Yeah. Because you need a deadline. Yep. And when you're working, and Liz, I know you know this all too well, when you have editors hounding you and, or, you know, you're in a communications role and you, you just have to produce, you've got deadlines, that's one thing. But when you are doing them yourself, that's a whole other thing. And so I was really excited to have the deadline with you all because I knew there would be some form of um, compassionate accountability. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there is definitely a, a, an accountability piece of it, right? And that's, you know, nano is a huge thing for, I, I did do another episode on what nano actually was before it started. Um, so if you didn't listen to that, you're interested in nano, go back and check it out. I'll leave the link in the show notes, but nano is a whole big thing. You can join an online community. There's a lot of ways to connect with people during nano. Um, and you know, I'm fortunate to have people like you in the membership and we can all kind of keep each other accountable, but there really is that that need to, you know, you're working in a vacuum, you're, it's easy to give in and throw in the towel when you have a hard day. But when you have, we, when you know you have people you're going to be talking to at the end of the week or the end of the day or whatever it is, and you have to come back and report something, it's easier to put your butt in the chair and get something done. hundred percent. Yeah. So Jill, how about you? What was your, what was your initial experience when you were deciding to do this? Well, um, since I don't come from technically a writing background, it was all very new to me. Um, like I said, I graduated with my degree in theater arts. I love theater. I could do it all the time. Um, and then I got a job because you get out of college, you have a job. And I kind of just went about this thing called life and had my creative background that was kind of sitting there on Flapped, I guess. I don't know what the right word is, but it's just kind of sitting there dormant, wanting to come out. And I didn't know how to do it um, until finally one day I got frustrated enough to say, I'm going to start writing. I'm afraid to do this. I don't know how to even start doing this. And then I found the Creativity Lab um, through my cousin, Meg, who also is part of it. Um, and then we started talking about nano. And I was not thinking that that was something that I could do, but I wanted to try. And when we had our nano prep, it kind of struck me that we talked about, you don't have to reach that 50,000 word goal. What is your goal for this month? So that kind of put it into a lot of perspective for me. Um, so I made my mind up that I was going to not worry about the 50,000 words. And I was going to start attempting my first mystery novel because all of a sudden it's like what I wanted to do. It just was like a, like a moment, like an aha moment of, I want to write mystery and being in school and learning how to craft my, my craft better. Um, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So for nano, I tried to not, tried to not have it be so daunting while I was in it. Um, I just tried to kept saying to myself, okay, you maybe didn't write words today, but you plotted today. And you tried a different way of um, viewpoint, your POV. Could you do first person narrative or could you do an omniscient narrator? So I tried a whole bunch of different things. Um, and I got a lot of words out considering, um, but I went into it for, with a different viewpoint of saying, okay, you can do this. It's not going to be the traditional nano way that we know nano to be. And 
I'm actually quite happy with the progress that I've made learning how to be better at what I want to do for the rest of my life. So it was fun. It was scary, but now not so scary. I love that so much. And I love that it's totally a successful nano, right? Because yeah, we get so wrapped up in the, oh my gosh, I have to hit 50,000 words because that's what everyone's that's doing. That's where I was. And yeah. Well, you, I mean, you did I, hit 50,000 words, Dave. I do a little. Yeah, I did. But that's uh, it's so interesting to hear you talk, uh, Jillian, about that because um, there are so many different goals that you can have and they're all really good. And I'm a little envious of you doing that. I needed to have that. I'm, I, you know, I'm sort of got the word count mentality drilled into me. Like, you know, you're assigned a 1600 word column. That's what you're doing. So I just have the word count mentality in my head. And I needed that to get there. Cause I was daunted. Like we all were, um, it, it had been a while since I had written like this, you know, with sort of an intent every day. And I needed that, uh, boot camp of hitting that word count. But I thought about your approach a lot because it's very valid. And I thought, you know, this is what I need to do. And I'm going to have to come back and do all the things you're talking about. Like, I'm going to have to come back and I'm going to have to work on plot. I'm going to have to work on character. I'm going to have to work on a lot of things. Um, and it, and I knew in the back of my mind, it doesn't really matter which way you do this. Mm-hmm it doesn't really matter. You're yeah. going to have to do all of it. And if you choose to do it, to, to do what you did first, or you choose to just like hit the word count and then go back and, and do it either way is really good. And so I think it's interesting, Liz, that you've got like two different yeah. goals yeah. here. Right. And both of us are feeling pretty good about hitting a, a reasonable, worthy goal. Yeah. So can you guys share where, where you landed? Board count wise, Jill, I know you've got other stuff that you 52,000 words amazing. as of November 30th. That's so exciting. That is amazing. Yes. Yeah. I, I think minus the, well, obviously minus the plotting it, my word count is like, it's probably like 13,000, maybe now 12,000, 13,000. And that's awesome. I'm, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty satisfied with that. That's great. That's, yeah. that's, that's great. That's a it great, is great start. That's almost like a it's whole great. act one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for somebody's first time out, like my my biggest adversary, my biggest roadblock is myself. Right. Of course. Like like that was always, it always is. And when I was first starting saying to myself, okay, I want to be a writer. You have written your entire life. You've written your entire life, but you never thought like, oh, you know, like you just write in a journal, right. Or you write for your school newspaper in college. You, you did a little article here. You took a playwriting class. Like I didn't consider that like being a writer, I just like, well, I want to go to school for acting. I'm going to be an actor. I don't, that's all that I do. I don't do anything else. And then I realized over these years of working in like a corporate type environment, I've missed it. And so getting initially over that was the hardest part. And then it's okay. I did that. Okay. I enrolled back in school. I'm going to get my MFA. Oh my gosh, Nano, that's almost more daunting than trying to get back to school. Like, oh, we have all these rules and you have to hit your 50,000 words. And then when we had our prep session, it was like, you know what? No, get over yourself and do what you think is right for this. And what you think is right for this is playing with things, finding a plot, finding the best way to tell the story. So yeah, yeah. If you, you guys know me, I mean, for anyone who does know me even a little bit, I hate rules. And so 
when people just come at you with a million rules about how to get something done, I immediately just want to do exactly the opposite. So <laughs> can, I, can I tell a little funny story? Yes. So I was at the dentist's office today, in addition to the other crazy things that happened today, in addition to a tree coming down right outside oh, my window where I oh, am right no. now. And my poor beagle, my poor beagle Shiloh having a heart attack. Oh my God. Um I was in the dentist's office and I was just watching these little videos. Nobody was there. So, you know, I was just sort of scrolling and watching these videos and I saw Jillian Anderson. So interesting, Jillian, Jillian, wow. who I love Jillian Anderson, who was on X-Files and a million oh, yeah. other things and just fantastic. Right. And she's just a cool lady. Like I love hearing her talk about things and she was talking about something and I'm not sure. I think it was about, Oh, she was talking about all these trends and the pressure. And she was, I think she was talking specifically about wellness, but she brought, made it broader, but she was talking about how, you know, there are all these people who come at you telling you that there's something wrong with you. And so they tell you, this is what you have to do. And like with food and with exercise and with this and blah, blah, blah. And she, and she said, you know, I've been at age now where every time one of those people comes at me telling me something that I have to do, my response is always the same. Fuck off. <laughs> so, if you want, I don't care. I, just, I thought I burst out laughing in the dentist office because she has, yeah, it's just, 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 just fuck right off. I, yeah. I, you know, and I thought that was really funny. So, when yeah. you talked about rules, completely agree. I yeah, think rules yeah, are the yeah. biggest killer of people's creativity, right? Because some, yeah. like Jill, I'll, I'll use you as an example. If, you know, coming into something brand new, if, you know, the first thing you had heard about Nano from, like, I know, nano itself if you're following it they tell you what the rules are but if i had come into the session and said okay this is the way it's going to be every day you have to sit down for two hours and you have to write this many words and you have to report out at the end of the day you probably would have been like okay this doesn't even sound fun right yeah, yeah totally the oh, funny part is I don't mind that. I don't mind that. <laughs> I'm used to that. Me, me, I'm actually a little different with this. The one, the killer for me is the critic in your head. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which, which as a writer actually has grown, Liz, you know, yeah. it's grown as I got published more. Yeah. It didn't go away. I mean, I started with, you know, we all, everybody starts with the Buddhist empty rice bowl and that's, that to me is like where you want to keep going back to yep. that starting point where you've got beginner's mind and you're going into something fresh because that's what makes an exciting, whatever you're doing, an exciting okay. story, an exciting play, an exciting whatever you're doing. And I found that the more I got published and the more I was in it and the more I worked with people over the years, I guess got too many people in my head. Yep. And they all had to get fired. You know, they all mm -hmm. had to go and they all went by the time I started nano. And that was the hardest thing for me though, was it wasn't the rules of, um, sitting down and you're going to devote this amount of time and you're going to hit this workout. That's hard. That don't get me wrong. That was like number two hard, but the number one was when that critic started rearing his ugly head, that was the hardest thing to just continually keep shooting that yeah. critic down because mm -hmm. this is no time for that critic. Yeah. When you're in the creative mode, you know, I used to tell students, I don't think you can write and edit at the same time. I just don't think you can. It's like two different parts of the brain. So you should allow yourself yeah. that creative highway to just go. So how did you get rid of your inner critic? 
I just stopped it. I got tired of it. And I just, I recognized it when it was happening. And I just thought, oh, here you are again. Yeah. Yeah. I know who you are, you know, editor, agent, uh, commenter, uh, blah, 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 whoever you are. Not entertaining you today. Just not going to do it. It just doesn't matter. And just stop worrying about it. Just wanted to get back to the fun of telling the story. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Jill, did you find that you had the same issue with critique or critics? Uh, that's something I'm still working on, I think, is trying to get rid of that inner critic. Yeah. Um, one of my professors said that, because I, I talked a lot about one of my first classes when I started back up in school, um, about trying to get rid of silence, the inner critic. And he said he's he doesn't necessarily all, always silences in a critic. He gives it a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to reframe my, my mind to say, okay, like, like you said, Dave, okay, I hear you. That's great. But I don't have time for you today. Right. So maybe all right. you can have a seat at the table as long as he doesn't shut the meeting down. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do that. <laughs> I feel like that's like a constant battle with me is trying yeah, to get yeah. rid of that critic, like from, from, and I, I just, I keep relating it back to being on stage. Um, I haven't been in a show in a while because of that inner critic, but when I am on stage, the inner critic is always in my head right until I get out onto that stage, you know, right mm-hmm. until I'm actually doing it. And, I'm, and in my mind, I'm like, well, you can't do this. You can't do this. You, you're going to forget this line. You're going to forget to hit that note. And then once I go out, I'm like, who are you? You know? So it's kind of like trying to reframe that into the writing mm-hmm. mind is, yeah okay, great. Maybe I I don't think I can do this. So can I do this? And then I start writing and I'm like, "Eh, I can do this. It's not that bad, you know? So it's a constant work in progress, I think for me. So it's just trying to reframe my thinking of right now I'm, I'm working on my first novel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a work in progress for everyone. I mean, I am still, I'm working on a book right now that was kind of already due, but we won't talk about that. And I'm still like, Oh my God, can I even write this book? Because it's not going very well right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, so yeah, every time I sit down to write a chapter, I'm like, this sucks. And I have to like remind myself that no, it's okay. It can suck, but you can go back and edit it, but you just got to get the drafts done. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I don't think it ever really goes away. You just got to figure out the best way to deal with it. Yep. And stories are valid and people come up with their stories all the time. And I guess when I was writing mine too, I thought about all the stories that I love because I'm writing the kind of story that I love. Yeah. You know, I love thrillers. I love mysteries. That's what I read and what I really enjoy. Um, and, and so I was thinking about all the different ones that I enjoy and thinking somebody started with an empty page on that. You know, they started with coming up with these ideas and these characters and these situations and they just they believed in them and they believed in them enough to get them down and then they took on a life and they brought a lot to you and they brought a lot to other people you know and so that kind of helped me too just the reminder that other people have done this and they started with nothing and they created these stories and they're based on things or they come from their imagination and their, but there's truths worked in there about the human experience. And, um, that helped me just reminding me that other people have done this. You can too. Yeah, for sure. Hi, this is Julian, the producer for the get writing podcast. 
Zencaster is an extremely important part of our workflow on this show. Podcasting has you working with a wide range of people who all have different computer and office setups, different levels of comfort with technology, and different levels of time and patience. Zencaster takes this big logistical headache and makes it utterly trivial. No more grappling with recording software, waiting for files to be delivered, losing files, none of that. Log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. If you've ever thought about podcasting and thought that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. Zencaster is an all-in-one podcasting platform. You can create your show all in one place and then distribute it to Spotify, Apple, and all the other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com pricing and use our code writing, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences we do for all of our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. So did either of you learn anything new about your, your writing style or your process as you were going through this? Uh, during nano, I developed a better process of trying to write. I pretty much write every day now. Awesome. If it's 400 words, if it's a thousand words, you know, there are those days that I'm just like, I can't, I can't handle it today, but, um, I developed a better process if that counts. Yeah, Mm -hmm. of course. That counts. What is yeah. your what, what is your process? Tell us. Um, well, it's the, the silencing the inner critic. Mm. It'll stop me from writing. It'll say, you can't do this today. And I'm like, back up. <laughs> I can't do it. You know? And so as I'm writing, I'm experimenting. I think of it as an experiment process. So I'm realized that I, I'm very step one, step two, step three, step four person. I, I have to have like a schedule or a way of that things that I, how I do certain things in a certain way. And I realized in the writing process, it doesn't have to be that way. I don't have to start with chapter one. I don't have to go right seamlessly into chapter two that goes seamlessly into chapter three. So I also have learned to, oh, okay, I have this idea. I know how I want this to end. So I'll start writing how I want it to end. Or there's one scene that I wanted to talk about in a pizza parlor. So I'm gonna, I'm writing the pizza parlor scene. So I've learned how to manage my expectations. I've learned how to say to myself, okay, it doesn't need to be linear. That's okay. I love that. Yeah. And I've also said to myself, okay, well this chapter right now, I'm going to try um, speaking from my, my main character's point of view, but maybe the next chapter I want to see if I can speak from the omniscient narrator and I'm realizing what way I like to write better. So I'm realizing I didn't think I was going to be strong in the first person point uh, in the main character's point of view, like, oh no, that's not how I write. I can't do that. I love it now. It's so much, e- it's so much easier than I thought it was going to be. So it's a big experimentation process. I, I love that you didn't feel trapped by being linear because you don't have to be, and you can create, I did this too. There were things that came to me that were scenes in the middle and a couple of scenes that I imagined toward the end. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that's what I'm going to do then. You know, yeah. I want to get those down because they're the ones that are sort of pressing me and it's all coming together, but I didn't feel bound to sort of tell the story in that linear way, which is, I mean, it may end up being a linear story, but, mm-hmm. uh, or not, but 
when you're creating it, you don't have to do that. And I, and I do have to give a shout out. So thank you, Liz, for suggesting Scrivener Hmm. and whatever tools anybody uses for uh, creating a novel. Uh, What I know there are a number of different ones. I, I happened to land on that one. I really liked it a lot. And it was kind of groundbreaking to me because having worked with really large documents before word documents, manuscripts, it's a lot to have yeah. to g- scroll back and scroll forward and control F yourself to death, mm-hmm. trying to figure out where you need to do or where you need to be. And with uh, a novel writing software, like a Scrivener, you can set up your chapters and your scenes and you'll have your characters there and your, your locations there. You have easy access to any research that you do. Uh, you can just put in a, you know, URLs or notes or whatever, and you have it right there and you can just kind of see where everything is so that when you're creating it, you're just always reminded of the whole as you're creating the part. Mm-hmm. I found that very helpful. I find that very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, I couldn't, I don't think I could write a book without Scrivener anymore. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And it is, it's like what you said, you know, I, my first couple of books I did write very in, in a very linear fashion, but then as you kind of settle into finding your process and figuring out how you work best, um, then you can mix it up. And Dave, I got to go back to something you said before, how you don't think you can write it at write and edit at the same time. I have such a weird process. So I, <laughs> I, I do more plotting than I used to. Um, and I usually know, you know, the big points that I need to hit and I have a little bit of an idea of what goes in between them, but usually I write it like half the book and then I can't move forward anymore until I go back and make sure that the first part of the book is like in the right order in, you know, the storylines are going in the right direction. Cause I just, I find myself spinning around too much and writing words that I'm going to just delete if I don't go back and refine that, that first part so I can keep moving forward. And then I find that I have to do less editing at, you know, those, those next two parts, like the act two B and act three it's, it's much less editing because I feel like I've gotten a lot of it straightened out more towards the, but it sounds like you're doing that part. You're doing it in chunks though. Like you're writing in chunks and then going back. I'm trying. Yes. Right now. I don't even know what I'm doing, but that's another, (laughs) (laughs) usually yes. (laughs) I think, you know, where it, where that becomes sort of important to me is if you're having the push pull of you get started and you get through a paragraph and then you can't move, Cause you want to go back and you feel like you need to tidy yes. up that paragraph or whatever. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking of that kind of thing of you just need to power through yeah. and just allow yourself the freedom to not worry about it being letter perfect. That's not the point. Yeah. You know, it's trying to get out whatever you're trying to say first and um, not be stopped by that crew that the inner editor yeah. who wants to sort of go back and make sure everything is perfectly done as you would do before you submitted it to somebody. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I do have a friend who I have to tell you this too. It's kind of funny. She writes the end first usually, and then goes back and starts the rest of the book. Whereas I can't write the end until like the day I'm turning it in. (laughs) It's so so interesting, but that's the beauty of it, right? We all get to do Mm -hmm. our own thing and we, we get to Mm -hmm. figure out what works for us and nothing is wrong and nothing is right. It's just the way it is. Right. So that's right. It's true. All right. So talk to me about, we we mentioned accountability earlier, but talk to me about writing community and support and how that helped you guys get through nano. Well, 
it's it's nice having a community uh that our community is so supportive <laughs> you know like uh, oh, i love our community i talk about it all the time in my my papers like i talk about it all the time in in life um so having a community is it's it's great you know and i've learned a lot that uh writing is solitary and I find myself to be more of a solitary person, but I like having our, our sessions a couple times throughout the week. And I, there's certain times of the day where I'm like, Ooh, this is my favorite time to write like during mm-hmm. our sessions. And I think that having that your, your office hours that you did, um, including the sessions, um, having the wrap up that, that we just did, it made you feel kind of like, wow, look what I, look what I accomplished. And whenever I was starting to feel like, oh, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, which was sometimes it was, it was more often than not. You'd have somebody pop on and say, oh, so what do you, what did you write today? Well, I think I know, I, I, I know who I want the killer to be in my story. Oh, no way. You know, then you talk about it and you're like, wow, this is kind of a good idea. So it's, it's nice having a community and it's nice. I feel like our community is, is different. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't know many other writing groups, but I feel like our community is, is above and beyond supportive and we have all different people and that motivates me even more to, to want to be part of the community. Yeah. I think it's, that's a really good thing. I mean, different kinds of community can do different kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I've been in a writing group that was reading what you've written and getting feedback more, almost like workshopping. Mm-hmm. Being in a workshop, that's one type of community. I was in a writing, I had a writing group. I co-hosted it for about five years, a um, long time ago. But it ended up almost being sort of a social thing where we talked about the challenges and the kind of things. Um, and so that was really good. This one, you know, I didn't pop on that much, but I loved knowing you guys were there. And I remember specifically an early time when I sort of popped on and we talked about was it how to kill somebody? <laughs> was it, do you remember this? <laughs> and we were all like throwing out these great ideas for, was it oh, yeah. poison or I don't know. Oh, yeah, anyway, yeah. but I just remember laughing and I remember thinking, this is so fun and sort of non-judgy. And, uh, you know, when you get in the real world, there's a lot of judgy and, you know, that will come. Um, but I loved the non-judgy part of this. The sort of just just pure support mm-hmm. was really great, even though I wasn't uh, touching base. I think as much as some other some others were. I always had it in my mind, and I loved knowing that you know we were doing this together, mm-hmm. and that everybody was working on something, and that was that was cool. And it's great too, because there's some, there's some nights, days, mornings that were like, anyone want to write today? No. Cool. Do you want to talk about plotting? Yeah. You know, so then we'll start talking about plotting or I'm stuck on this piece. And then you get, have everybody throwing out different ideas where even if we're not physically taking the 25 minute sessions to write, we're having productive sessions to help each other kind of move along or, you know, it's, I, I think it's, I think it's, it's great. 
Yeah. And it definitely gets your energy back up. I think even just having yeah. a conversation about like, Oh, I'm stuck on, on this today. And mm-hmm. even if no one has a great idea, just being like, you can do it. Just take a yep. break, think about it and, you know, come back tomorrow. I think it's, um, it gives you more energy than if you were sitting there trying to boost yourself all by yourself. Yeah. And I do have to say mystery writers are a lot of fun. We love to talk about killing people. So that in itself is fun. So it felt like a game of Clue or something. It's like, you know, which I used to love Clue. Me too. Uh, did you? Oh, yeah. Maybe that was the first Clue. Maybe we all loved Clue. Maybe I like when too. we were kids. I remember you just when got they... a little too excited by, you know, Professor Plum and the yeah. candles in the living room. Like, yep. Miss Scarlet. Right, right, right. I remember when they came out with the video Clue. And my oh, dad yeah. and I used to play that. Oh my gosh, so funny. I didn't know that they had they the video. Did, yes. Can we play it? I don't know if they still have it. it. We'll have to figure we'll have to find Let's out. Find it. Okay. Can we do that? Yes. We could totally okay. do it. Take a note. Okay. Yeah. Take a note. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> At our next go. session, we will play video clue. Oh my god. I would love that. That would be so much fun. Um <laughs> One thing that I, I learned from this experience though that I really liked, and maybe it was just by having these daily deadlines. I think I am much more focused on, you know, you have a deadline, you just dive into it, you end up doing it for hours, it becomes a big thing, and then it's over, and then you wait a minute, and then you start the next thing. Mm. I think that I got much more of a pacing Mm. through this experience in terms of, I don't have to spend eight hours on this today. I don't have to, you know, spend all, it it doesn't feel like this all or nothing thing. That was really a bit of a breakthrough for me to think, you know what? We have an hour today. I don't have as much time as I do normally. I have an hour. I can write a scene in an hour. Mm -hmm. And I did. Yeah. That was amazing to me that, you know, in an hour, it's worth it Mm -hmm. to sit down I had some rituals that I was doing, you know, at your, you suggested that. And I had my place, I had a couple little rituals and I would get into it. And I thought I can sort of quickly get into this and then I'm into it. And then, wow, within an hour, something can happen. That was eye opening to me because I thought, oh, I'm so used to the other, which is just like, Nope, you got to write this 1600 word column and you start it and you're not going to leave here till you finished it, but then you'll be done and then you'll go on to the next thing. Nope. The pacing can be different. Yeah. No, that's a great point. I love that. Yeah. And it also le- it makes it less daunting, you know, when you think about sort of keeping the, the beat going, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like eight hours a day, every day, whatever. Yeah. And that was my biggest problem when I started writing. Like I am definitely one of those people that I am a recovering all or nothing person for sure. I used yeah. to just, Let's, think, where's our, where's our parade, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> where, when are we going to have the all or recovering all or nothing people? Yeah. I mean, and I, I loved all or nothing, you know, I mean, I used to go and just hide away and just sort of work on something all weekend or something like that. Then order Chinese food, not show my face all weekend, have something, but that's, you can't do that all the time. Like that's not a sustainable way to be. Mm -hmm. No. And some people end up on the nothing side of that, right. Which was where I used to end up because I had so many other things going on that I was, I, I, there was never an all option. So I'm like, Oh, I guess it's the nothing option. And I just didn't move things forward for so long. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that is a bad, bad way to be. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
All right. So post nano, how do you guys plan to kind of keep the momentum going? Do you have, do you have like similar plans to work on your revising and editing and, and, you know, if we're still writing? Yeah, I was going to propose that we come up with some maybe less daunting deadline, but maybe some other sort of deadline that we create. Cause I enjoy doing that. I enjoy having something that's reasonable. Um, I, I definitely planning to continue and to go on. I finished, I did, I have taken a little bit of a break for a couple of days cause I had some things to take care of, but, um, I'm go, I'm going back to it and, you know, um, yeah, I'm going to go back to it. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to, by no means finished by no means. I mean, I don't know if people come out of nano with their 50,000 words and they actually have something done. I felt like I have a good rolling start, Yeah, but I don't feel like it's done. I mean, I feel like, you know, it's getting there. I think there are very few people. I know a couple who could probably yeah. come out and say, all right, I have a pretty finished product here, but the majority yeah, of people, yeah. I mean, it's just a great way to have a starting point, even if it's something oh, yeah, you have to go absolutely. back and edit. Yeah. I mean, I tell you, if you can get the, maybe the 50,000 words, if you get that, you really have skin in the game by then, yeah. you know, if you've got that much, then you've got a story, you've got something that you can then build on and go back to. It's, you don't have to feel like you're reinventing the wheel every time. Yeah. But maybe a deadline. We can certainly January. a deadline for sure. I Lord knows I have a deadline, so you can all join me on mine. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to propose maybe not your deadline. <laughs> Mine's kind of passed, but that's okay. <laughs> right. Number one, you're late for that deadline. <laughs> maybe a new deadline. No rules. I'm making my own deadline. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Dave, I love that you said uh, something to do some sort of a deadline or something different post nano, yeah, because, yeah. uh, I've heard from, I, I listened to another podcast. I'm, I'm going to plug it called Excelsior journeys and it's amazing. Um, and he had a, he did a 30 day, um, podcast challenge and he did nano. And so for 30 days, he recorded a podcast, whether it was four minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and he pulled a card every day, um, from I think the creator of nano and it was like where, where you are in your journey now. And we'll talk a little bit about the journey. Um, and he, he said it's, it's a tough, November is a tough time for, for a national novel writing month because you're in the process of the holidays and everything's in the weather is changing. So I was thinking maybe we could do like another month or another few weeks of like like maybe another type of nano, we can call it something, something different, but we, we can have another check, like another challenge, you know, it's kind of exciting to have that other challenge. Yeah. So when he was saying he's, he said, uh, June, he's like, I, I proposed June. He said June in his podcast. And I'm like, Oh, June might be a nice time, you know, cause it's not, not really many holidays that time. So I love that you said that Dave, because it's like, I'm like, I'm thinking the same thing. It'd be great to do some other type of challenge. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's an interesting idea to put it off that far too. I mean, cause at least I was initially thinking a little earlier just to have something that's kind of picking up on nano. So you don't get too far behind. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you have something coming and you know, you're going to have a deadline, you're also going to be more likely, I think, to um, keep it going because you don't want to start that next deadline 
without having done anything. I think it sort of gives you some momentum. So whatever you can do to keep momentum going. And I think deadlines are really important. I mean, I work, I work better with them. Yeah. I just do. I mean. Agree. So maybe we can, maybe we can even do two. We can do one in June, but we can do one before that too. Oh yeah. I'm open to whenever. I just think it was was such a cool idea. My God. He's got a great Yes, right. <laughs> Very cool idea. Deadlines, deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as you guys are both nano vets now, so <laughs> what advice would you guys give to other writers who are considering doing it for the first time? Do it. Just do it. Don't don't be afraid. Even if you're somebody who's as new as I am or experienced as the both of you are, it's it should be a fun challenge for yourself and you can do whatever you put your mind to. It doesn't have to be the the exact nano rules. Maybe you tailor it to something else. Maybe it's, I want to learn how to journal better. So I'm going to journal every day for 30 days. That, that could be the process. Yep. So, you know, set, set yourself up for success and then you get one under your belt and then the next one will be easier. The next one will be easier. And then you never know that in a couple of years, you could have a couple books and say, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I started this with a monthly challenge. So I say just, yeah, just, amen. Do it. just do it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, you regret what you didn't do. Mm-hmm. Nobody regrets what they did. I mean, right. I have, I have a bunch of, I'm Liz, I'm sure you do too. I have a bunch of things that I worked on proposals, you know, half manuscripts, things that I started. I don't regret them. You know, if something didn't sell or it didn't work, that's okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, the things that did, did. Um, and you but learned. I don't regret them. I, I regret what I, I regret time that I didn't hop on something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I regret things that I didn't get down. So I think, you know, those are the kinds of things that you regret. Not, not, you're not going to regret spending a deadline working on something that you believe in. And it's really great to have something to believe in and, and to, um, if I had any advice, I would say, believe in your idea. Mm-hmm. You know, another person who sort of struck me on one of those reels, the Instagram reels of all people, Hannibal Lecter himself, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, <laughs> who is such an interesting guy, right? I mean, I don't really know him. I don't really follow him, but I get the sense from him, even though he's, he's in his eighties, he seems very vital and dynamic. And he, um, he did this thing where he said, somebody asked me what the most important thing is when I take on a project. And he looked directly at the camera, you know, it's Anthony Hopkins, it's Hannah, mm-hmm. like a little daunting, but he looked and he had his hands up and he goes, the most important thing is believe, believe, believe. Mm. I can't stress enough how important it is to believe, believe in what you are doing, believe it with all of your heart, believe. And that sticks with me because I think that's so important. All the things that we love, all the shows that we love, all the books that we love, they all started. They all came into fruition. They all fell into our worlds because someone believed enough in them to do that. And so that's something that I think for creative people, we need to believe. Mm -hmm. 
I love that. I mean, that's just a mic drop moment, Dave. So thank you. <laughs> thank Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> well, you did a good impression. I should find it. I'll follow. Oh, thank you. I'll find Well, listen, no, I mean, really, thank you. But you should see him. He, it's very intense, by the way. Yeah. But uh, I'll find it and send you to send it to you guys because, you know, I was watching it. It's like, OK, OK, I believe. I believe. I believe. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you guys so much for being part of the Creativity Lab, for being here on the podcast and for sharing your experience with Nano. Um, I loved having you. Liz, thank you for all you do, because you really, as for somebody who's got uh, plenty of critic in your head, and I don't want to criticize your critic because <laughs> sometimes the critic is good and keeps us uh, a little fire under the butt. So nothing against a critic, but you are very prolific you're very generous and thank you for bringing us together and for doing this and for being so encouraging. And I hope you feel that coming back to you as well. Thank you. I couldn't have done it without you, Liz. I wouldn't be where I am today. Oh, you guys. It's true. I don't, don't think I would have been going back to school and, and doing what I was meant to do with my life, which is to write. And I, I would not have been here without you. And now you, Dave. Absolutely. And the creativity lab, which is yep. a really great thing. And, um, I hope lots and lots of people discover it because it's a really wonderful, uh, place to be. And, um, Molly and Penny agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they sure do. No, I love, I love, um, seeing people get on the creative path and it just makes me, makes my heart happy. So thank you. So there you have it, the real experiences of new nanoers. So if you're feeling like you missed out on nano this year and have to wait a year to do it, don't worry. I'm actually going to be running another month-long writing challenge inside the Creativity Lab membership. So this is your chance. If you want to start 2024 off strong, you're, you want to you know, make a commitment to your writing, November wasn't a great month for you, or maybe you just didn't know about the challenge. If you're new, um, you can do it in a different month. So drop me a note on Instagram at Liz McGavro. If you're interested in joining us, it'll probably be early 2024. I haven't set a date yet, but we're definitely doing it. And I'd also love to hear what your takeaway is from this episode. So send me a DM on Instagram, let me know, or head over to my website, kateconti.com and send me a message there. And if you want to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, that would be amazing too. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next week.